Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, good evening everybody, how are we all doing? Um, I'm Martin, obviously, as you all know, and I'm joined by William and Will. Gent, how are we? All good, mate. Alright, guys. William, mate, you've not been on in a while, how are you doing? Hi, all good, mate. I used to be kept busy with work, so I've not been about as much as I would like to have been, but I'm back. I don't I don't know why I said that so enthusiastically there, I think it's just because I've been missing you. Ah, um, but listen, thank you everybody for tuning in. This is a wee impromptu. This wasn't planned or anything, but I thought, look, we've signed a player, we're linked to another, we've we've uh, sold a player, so why not come on and have a wee chat about it? Eh? Why not do that? So obviously we are live on YouTube and Facebook, so please do like, subscribe and share everywhere you possibly can. That would be very much appreciated. We had an interview earlier with Sam um, from the United People podcast as well that's available for our members on patreon in audio form and of course for youtube members in video forum um i'll do a wee bit of advertising later on let's just go on with the chat because i know that's what you're all here for um everybody as usual in the comments please get your comments in and i shall try and read them out right so we shall start guys with uh a sale the first sale for a wee while um well bakuna i don't think it was much a surprise um the guy had the guy had potential. I thought he was a decent player, but he just never really I don't know if it's fair to say he never got the chance, but it just never worked for him at Rangers. Uh, just it just not every sign is gonna work and this one just didn't work. I mean he's, he's obviously got talent and I mean, he can pick a pass. Um you know, you can see he can pick a pass. I mean he's he's definitely got he's definitely got the ability, but for some reason it just didn't work. So I mean I don't know. We maybe saw something that Huddersfield didn't and took a chance on him. And Birmingham City maybe see something that we that we haven't. They've taken a chance on them, so it's it's a body off the wage bill. I believe there is a there is a fee involved. I don't know how much of the fee we'll see because there's all sorts of 
I think there's all sorts of tie-ins with the when we signed him from Huddersfield for nothing. There was all sorts of um, clauses in appearances and this and that and the next thing whether there was a sell-on clause but I don't think we're going to get an awful lot of the money but at the end of the day he's, he's it's somebody off the wage bill um, wish, him one the, wish him one of the best down, down in the down in the Midlands and we just we move on I know it's it's one of those ones William it's a it's a, a, a kind of sad to see him go in a way um, and then like 80% of him he's like yeah we had to get him off the wage bill he wasn't getting games but you know like I say to Wolf you know, there, there was definitely potential. There was definitely a player in there. Yeah, well, I think he's one of those guys that he'll probably find a good fit eventually at a club where how he plays just works for that team better than maybe other teams that he's played for. I mean, he's clearly got ability. You know, he's he seemed to have a decent eye for a pass at times, but it became quite clear quite quickly that even though he'd been signed in the summer, um that the manager wasn't really going to use him as a first-team player. So it kind of looked as though you thought he could go in the January. And then obviously when Steven Gerrard left and Gio came in, Gio's obviously used him sparingly as well. So it's probably best for all parties. You know, he's probably going to go to Birmingham. He's probably going to get more minutes than he was getting here. So, yeah, look, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it, to move him on. And if Rangers can, you know, free up whatever wages that he was earning to use on somebody else who might actually be active in the first team, then that's the most important thing. I know, and well, for here, and obviously I reported if you, I think it was obviously David Edgar um, that came out and says, look, 400k plus add-ons. If that is the case, to get that for somebody who we got on a free and hasn't really played, it's, it's not bad business. Yeah, but as I said, Martin, I believe there's all sorts of all sorts of tie-ins with the original deal from Huddersfield, so I think a lot of that will go to them. So I don't think we'll actually see a lot of that. Again, according to David Edgar, that's what he came out with today. Um, so it's it's a, it's probably just a nominal fee we've got for him, but we've got to also consider he'd been on a few quid. So that's, you know, that's a few quid off the off the, the wage bill, as, as William says. We can maybe u- use that to either bring in somebody that that can improve the team or put it towards a contract, for, contract extension for somebody because we're still in the position that we need to extend some of these guys that have only got a year or 18 months left because there doesn't seem to be a lot of movement on that on that scope and we don't want to be, we don't want to be and I know there's going to be a lot of changes in the summer in the squad but we don't want the the big players if you like to begin into the the last year of the contract at the start of next the start of next season because that diminishes their value considerably in the current market well yeah look Robert me <laughs> if it's 400k use it for sure <laughs> yeah, you never know. That, that could be a that could be a really good, really good point. Um, right, so William, that's um, Bakuna away. I would imagine that the club would want to get rid of at least one or two more. At least, do you see it happening? Well, I suppose it all comes down to you know, there's clubs out there that want to sign the players. Like that's obviously the biggest issue. You know, like. As a supporter, we're quite selfish. As soon as a player doesn't do very much, we want somebody to pay a couple of million pounds to take them away. But that's not necessarily how it works every time, you know. We're obviously sitting there with Brandon Barker, who I think we all agree isn't going to play very many minutes between now and the end of the season. You know, even if Rangers could shift some of his wages, you know, whether it's a loan deal, um, I don't know. Same with Simpson, it kind of feels the same with him. You know, Hellander's obviously close to being back now. Balligan's back. Goldson's there, you know, Calvin's been reasonably good at centre-back, mm-hmm. so 
you know, you've got to think his minutes are going to be very limited, especially now with Leon being part of the first team. I think it's just one of those situations where Rangers will look to get the best deal possible. And as you've already pointed out, and Wolf said exactly the same thing, that, you know, the more wages we can clear out, clearly the one guy that I think we would all like to move on, and it's no offence to uh, Lundstrom, but, you know, if, if the rumoured wages are true, then if you could clear Lundstrom, Simpson and Barker, I mean, I don't know what we're talking here, maybe like 45, 50 grand in wages. You know, if that could get cleared out, that's potentially a couple of really good players that the club could go after, even if it is just a loan deal until the summer. And then obviously the summer gives you a bigger chance to sign players. The January window's always been hit and miss with us. We maybe did good business some years, other years we've not really did anything worthwhile at all. So, but yeah, if we could move one or two on to bring in some fresh faces, I think that's what Ross Wilson would love to do. Um, just a, a wee shout out for David Brand, who's just became a member on YouTube. Thank you very much, David. Um, if you want to join <clears throat> as a member on YouTube or on Patreon, Patreon's audio, obviously the YouTube memberships are video. Uh, the links are down below. There's also the join button below the video. Please choose the tier that suits yourself. Please read them carefully and see what each one of them does. Now, that was the point, Wolf, that William made. Um, the wages. That that's obviously the the big thing that we want to get rid of on um, the wage bill. I can't see us getting many, many big fees, especially for players who aren't participating. No, for guys like we were talking about Leo, like like uh, Barker, I don't I don't think they're they're gonna go for we're gonna get any money for them. But they'll be on I mean they'll, they'll be on a decent lift, so we really just need to need to get them off the off the, the wage bill. I mean the fact that nobody's nobody's come in for them yet tells you that they're probably on more money than the teams that they would go to would be prepared to pay or be, be able to pay. So if we can get them out on a loan deal, even if we've still got to pay half the wages, at least it's you know it's saving us it's saving us half half the remaining six months of the salary or whatever. Um, but it's I mean there's obviously no no place for Barker because I mean Scott Wright by everybody's admission had an absolute stinker last night, and Barker still sat on the bench. Because he was the only other wide, op- wide option last night. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the manager sitting watching that, he hasn't used all his subs. It's not working for right. Whether he's trying too hard, I don't know. Whether he's better as an, just as an impact sub rather than a starter, again, I don't know. But he's having an absolute nightmare last night and Barker's still on the bench. So he's only, he's only there to make up the numbers, I think. So we do really we need to get, get him out of the way. I mean, it's... I never like this. I never like to criticise Rangers players, but it's, he's obviously not fancied. I mean, that's... Successive managers not not giving not giving them a run in the team, so we need to get rid of them. But it's the wages thing that's the problem. Can I just say one thing? And I'm going to pull up this comment for Robert Robertson as well. Again, still my favourite name. Last night, in fact, I'll bring it up now. In retrospect, if Wright's early shot isn't cleared off the line, we all have a different narrative. You know, I thought Wright actually started okay. And, and he had that chance, and then he kind of faded out the game. So I understand where people are, are maybe getting on his back because he hasn't maybe played to the potential that we all thought he had. We just we obviously seen that lightning pace and thought maybe it was going to be something a little bit different. Um, but he, I thought he'd done well in the early stages, and he had that chance cleared off the line. And I don't know, I, I just feel uneasy, William, sometimes criticising Rangers players too heavily. Look at the end of the day, like you pay your money to go and support the team, you've got the right to have an opinion. You know, like not everybody's going to agree with you. Um, some people will 
think you're talking nonsense. And, and look, that's, that's Everybody what thinks I talk about. nonsense. That's your opinion, though. And at the end of the day, when you look at social media, it can be very hit and miss. I think that some people didn't think that Sakala had a good game last night, and yet he was, you know, giving the man of the match. You know, some people that maybe didn't think that Sands did very well. You might have some people that didn't think that Itton did very well. And, and yeah, again, that's what football's all about. It's all about opinions. I mean, last night, of course it could have been different. If Scott's right shot ends up in the back of the net, it means that maybe Lovingston have to come out a little bit more, and it means there's maybe a little bit more space in the pitch for us to play in. But the reality is, the ball didn't end up in the back of the net. And if it wasn't for the substitutes coming on the pitch, I don't know if we would have been able to you know, score the goal we did. And that's... And that maybe shows us like the shortcomings. I know we've got a few injuries at the moment. You know that's kind of well kind of spoken about in the last X amount of days on social media. Scott Wright isn't Ryan Kent. Cedric Itton is most definitely not Alfredo Morelos. So you know, yeah, when my best first team players are missing, it's noticeable. Scott Wright's a good player. He's a guy that is probably like an impact player off the bench. He's guys that in certain games can come on and make an impact and and like hot teams with his pace, but. The reality is, when you're missing quality, it showed last night that we were missing extra pieces of quality. You know, you've got obviously, if Kent hadn't been sent off, he would have played last night. If Aribo is back earlier for the African Cup of Nations, he starts. And it makes it a completely different game because you've got your best creative technical players on the pitch. But the reality is, we didn't. And I was in at the game, obviously, last night with my wee cousin, and the one thing I say to him before the game, I say is, look, all that really matters like tonight because of the guys that are missing is winning. Yeah. And I know it wasn't pretty. I know at times it, it, it was a real grind. Some people like behind me were criticising the two holding midfield players playing. But as Will's already pointed out, what does that say to John Lundstrom, who was supposed to be a box-to-box player? Yeah. Like, it's not like sort of Lundstrom's injured. Yeah. And he's supposed to be probably the most attacking out of Kamara, Sands and Lundstrom, but he doesn't even come on the pitch last night. And the Aussie Geo would rather go with two holding midfield players than he would be playing Lundstrom. So, yet again, is that another sign that Geo doesn't particularly think that Lundstrom's up to the battle either? So, I think there's wee signals last night that you probably saw that some guys' Rangers' careers are done, but as well, for any pointed out, it's it, you know, it's easy for us to sit here and say, let's just get Lundstrom out the door, get Barker out the door, but it's, mm-hmm. it's you know, it's most definitely not as easy as that because of the wages that Rangers are paying some players. No, that's that, completely true. Look, Gross Scotland, can we take time to mention Alex Lowry? We are going to mention Alex Lowry later on. We're going to talk about the transfers first because the man to my right, is it right? Or like, I can't tell with a screen. The man sitting yeah, right. next to me, that, that way, um, knows more about the B team than anybody on this planet, even including the B team coaches. He knows more. So, <laughs> so we're going we're to discuss that a wee bit later. But well, we have made a signing today, albeit a loan signing. Um, but Ahmad Diallo has came on loan from Manchester United. What's your thoughts? It's uh. It's a, it's, a, it's a serious punt. I mean, the boy's what, he's 19 year old, uh, Ivory Coast, international four caps, I believe, for Ivory Coast. Um, can't wait to see the Ivory Coast flags in the in with the Union Bear. I that'll should be, have put one in the title. That'll get that'll that. get them all that'll get them all talking because you know because we, we know how that other lot like putting Ivory Coast flags on their uh, on their social <laughs> medias. You know what I mean? Um, 
I don't really know that much about the guy. I don't pay attention to anything other than Rangers, really. But I mean, he's. I mean, Manchester United have signed him a year ago for a deal that's worth something like thirty-seven million euros if it all goes the way it's supposed to go. I mean, that's that's a lot of money for a guy of that age. So they obviously they obviously really fancy him. I mean, it's very it's very telling as well that there's there's it's just it's it's been put out on all the on all the um, the announcements. It's a straight loan. It's a straight loan deal. So there's no, you know, there's no options to buy. There's none of that. So, which we couldn't afford them with that money anyway. But, you know, there's, there's none of that. So it's it's an exciting signing. And as I say, Man United are paying that sort of money for a player. Then he should be good. And nobody mention Harry Maguire in the comments, please. <laughs> uh, well, William, like I say, I'll be honest with you. See, until today, I'd never heard of the guy. Right? I'm not going to lie to you. I think, I mean, like Aussie. I'd read about the transfer at the time because clearly when somebody pays, I think it was like nineteen million pounds up front they paid for him plus all these additional add-ons that can take up to what Wolf was saying, which was like thirty-seven, thirty-eight million. But somebody pays that for an eighteen-year-old who, at that point, hadn't played that many games for Atalanta. Um, it's certainly kind of you know you notice these things. I know it's not Rangers transfer, but you pick up on transfers like that just because of the amount of money involved. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say I know a huge amount about him. I've did what most people have probably did today, which is try to find clips of games that he's played in, have a look at him, see what he's going to bring to the team. But at the end of the day, we've had, you know, guys that have won World Cups at Rangers, we've had guys that have won Champions League winners medals who have failed to hit the road here at Rangers. So it wouldn't be the first time. So it'll be interesting to see how the kid does. I think the one thing that really stood out was his directness and he's got a lot of pace. Um... So yeah, like especially at Ibrox on the bigger pitch, it'll be great to have him. And I think from what people have noticed so far with Gio is we do like to counter attack at times. So having that extra pace with Ken and Aribo and potentially Jallo, etc. You know, it'll be interesting over the coming weeks to see how how we utilise him. Because I see he's been given the number nine jersey, which is quite a kind of strange one for a wide player. You don't really see that too often, but I don't know what like. I don't know if the numbers are quite as important as they used to be to us older nah. football fans, you know. But I look, I'm excited to see, um, you know, what he's got to offer. But at the end of the day, he'll be judged in a Rangers jersey, and that's how it should be. And I know people will talk about the fee that's been played, but at the end of the day, if he does to produce in a Rangers jersey, he's going to get moaned at just like everybody else gets moaned at. So you better get used to that pretty quickly, you know, and that's just how it is as a Rangers player. We expect you to hit the ground running especially when it's a short loan and we expect big things. That's just how it is. And as well, Wolf, he was supposed to go on loan to Feyenoord and I think he picked up an injury and the loan fell through because of that. There's been plenty of teams down south in the Premier League who wanted to take him on loan. So I, I do personally think this is a bit of a coup for Rangers. It's certainly, it's certainly a coup for Rangers. I mean, he's he's probably the, the most expensive player transfer-wise, to ever come to Scotland. I mean, I know there's other players that have left Scotland and gone on to, you know, be, be sold for silly money like uh, like Van Dyke and stuff. He, he left here, went to Southampton and then, then ended up going for whatever whatever telephone numbers he went for. But I think, uh, I think this lad's the most expensive transfer to actually come to Scotland to play for a Scottish team, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, so he must have something about him. I mean, he's only 19, so he is going to be quite raw. Um. Man United, Man United, Daft. They'll obviously watch what our academy do. They'll be well aware of what 
Rangers as a club do the sort of things that we are, we are doing with young players, and because there was other, he had, they had other options. They've obviously chose to put him up here because the boy would probably just go where he was told to go. So I mean, I believe Crystal Palace is one of the teams that was looking at him. You know, mm-hmm. so they're sending him up to us rather than, rather than to Palace, and I mean they could they could you know they could they could stick it to Palace. He could play against their rivals, not against them, all that sort of stuff. So they've obviously they've obviously seen something happening at Rangers that they like the look of, which could be quite good going forward as well. If there's other you know other players that they're wanting to to put our way. Good point here by our good friend Michael. Michael, how are you? Um, and I actually mean it when I say it. JD Disney. He's just not a very nice man. Um, the English market is totally inflated and some might say unsustainable. That doesn't say the boy doesn't have something maybe reflects our financial situation more than anything. Now, William, I understand that in England, players cost an absolute fortune. But they didn't, they didn't get them for England. They got them for Atalanta and Italy. Um, and for what I've seen, the boy's got electric pace and he's got a phenomenal touch and his dribbling's phenomenal. And and the, it's the dribbling part for me because up here, I, I kind of feel that's what our wingers need. They need to know how to beat a man because defences are so packed. Yeah, look, I mean, it's a very fair point. I don't think anybody would criticise you. You know, obviously back in the day when you had a winger, the one thing you wanted your winger to do was to take guys on and get the ball in the box. That was the kind of bare minimum. Which over the last 10 years or so, more wingers seem to be cutting inside and looking to take shots off. So it'll be interesting to see how we utilise him under Gio. Because obviously he he uses the system slightly differently to how Gerard did. Mm-hmm. You know, there is more width in how the team is set up now. So bringing in a natural winger was the obvious thing to do. And clearly there's been a lot of work putting, you know, put into this deal. You know, Ross Wilson was obviously quoted earlier as saying this deal had been ongoing pretty much the whole of January between Man United and Rangers and his agent. And it is a bit of a coup, you know, for us to get somebody who has moved for that much money at such a young age. And it certainly helps the football club as well, said that, that you know, Man United are willing to send a player who they've paid that much money for out in loan to Rangers. You know, whether people like it or not, like Celtic has been very good at doing it, you know, over the mm-hmm. years, getting good loans in. All right, like, not all of them have worked. But at the end of the year, if this guy can come in and impact us over the remaining part of the season and help us win a league title, that's all that will really matter come the end of the season. Nobody else will care. Because Eddie, it's not like we could afford to sign this guy in the summer. <laughs> and obviously, it's highly likely Manchester United are going to have a new manager. So it might be, though, that if he has a really good loan spell here, but the new manager wants to have a look at him, he might want to put him back out and loan again. And he might end up back at Rangers, hopefully playing in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. So for us, it's smart. And it also gets us in the door at these big clubs. And there's obviously been links to other players down in England today. Yeah. And whether we like it or not, you know, these English teams can go out and spend that sort of money on younger players. We can't. So for us to be able to get this lad in the door, let's see what he can do. Let's give him some time. Let's not expect him to turn into Ronaldo overnight, you know. I mean, you see some of the reactions up in Scotland when somebody's played one good game. Mm-hmm. You know, I, mean, I, think, I think somebody came out the other day there and said, like, the guy Hitati at Celtic was like, the Japanese Iniesta after like one performance, and it's just like it's ludicrous that people like sort of jump to these kind of thoughts after like one in two games. I mean, you know, guys can have a good start. I mean, I remember when we signed obviously Cooley Bali, and we all thought Cooley Bali was great, we all wanted him signed. And about a month later, we were all like, Thank God we never made that deal permanent, you know. That's how football <laughs> changes. So, yeah, let's give the guy some time to settle in, and obviously, we're going to be hopeful that he can make an impact. Over the remaining games in the season, 
Yes, and we're good friend Aldo. Um, don't forget to smash that like button and share the video about. Please do give us a like and subscribe. I like and I say, and I, and I say this all the time, and I say that I say this all the time, but I do. Um, I like it really does help share the pod. You've got no idea. Um, oh, and Aldo, um, how's Eva? I hope Eva's doing well. I know she got a wee shout out last night. Um, I hope she's doing well, and I hope she enjoyed the game last night, taking her to her first game, mate. Absolutely brilliant. Well. F- William touched on the point there that I want. I, I had it in my head before he said it, so I'm not stealing it off him, honestly. Um, building their relationships with clubs like Manchester United, Manchester City, Liverpool, so that if there is young, talented players coming through, we do have a chance to get them in on loan and get the use of them, if that makes sense. Yeah, of course, it's, it's, it's very important. Um, you know, I mean, these these guys have got you know pl- plenty, plenty of young players, um, that, that they bring in some of them that they bring through like the lad from Man City that we've been we've been linked with I believe he's come through their academy uh, boy is it, is it Mike T that we've been strongly linked with today then we've got the the lad we signed from, from Man United who they, who they brought brought in from Atalanta so I mean they, they do sort of harvest the best young talent and they can't and they can't play them all and because there's a change to the loan system coming in next season they can still loan out as many as many kids as they want so they'll still they'll still do it with youngsters and it's it's Tremendous that we've got that we've got an in at that you know at sort of teams at that level now, but I'll have, but we'll have to do it right. I mean, there's no point in, there's no point in, um, bringing players in and either not playing them or overplaying them or playing them out of position and not using them properly, you know. But having said that, we need to play them for our benefit, and not because they will bring them in and they say, well, this guy has to play every game and he has to play here and he has to play. They have to play the way we want them to play, and. Man United are obviously quite happy with the way the current management team are are, are playing football because they, they obviously think the guy suits their system and we are crying out for a right winger and if this guy is as quick as he's supposed to be then he'll you know he'll hopefully cause absolute havoc and as as William says we need players that will take folk on I mean you know it's the only bit of any sort of entertainment last night apart from Scott Wright shot getting, getting knocked off the line was when Alec Lowry had the, had the wee dancing feet just inside the box because he actually tried to take somebody on. Messi-esque, Wolf. Messi-esque. We need to see more of that. We do. We really need to see more of that. And before I put it back to you, I had the pleasure of meeting um, meeting Aldo and Young Eva last night. That's why they got the shout out. But I, I met them on my way to the stadium. Um, and I'm delighted to say that, uh, Aldo, you can take her back to the game because I did say to her, if we, if we don't win, she's not getting back. <laughs> so we won so she can get back, which I'm sure she's delighted about. Oh, that's a wee bit harsh. That's a wee bit harsh. That's how it works. Um, works. <laughs> well, my first game was a loss, but there you go. Um, well, CGM, the deal means we will have to play him regardless of how he does. Now, obviously, that's not true. Um, if he's if he's had three or four stinkers in a row, then he certainly he'll, he'll be getting dropped. But we're not bringing somebody of his reputation and caliber up um, to sit him on the bench. No, I wouldn't expect so. I mean. That doesn't mean to say that he starts straight away in Saturday. No, no, if only, no. I mean, if he's only doing one training session potentially ahead of that game before we travel all the way up to Dingwall, which will probably be a wee bit of a surprise for the lad, to be fair. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I mean, it's a tough one. You've got Ross County away and Celtic away in the first two games. You know, do you throw him in at the deep end? But then again, it all comes down to the faith the manager's got in the player. You know, clearly this deal has taken some time, as we've already stated. The manager clearly likes the player. You know, the manager was looking for a certain type of player, which, i.e., was a right winger. This kid's obviously going to come in and play in that position. 
So, like, it is great to have those options. If he starts on Saturday and does well, do you play him in the Celtic game? I would imagine so. Um, but what we've seen of Gio so far, I don't think he's going to change much. You know, he, he seems like the sort of guy who will stick to how he plays the game, his principles of the game. It's obviously slightly different to how Gerard managed mm-hmm. the team. But, I mean, other than, you know, a draw so far in his, in his Rangers tenure, he's won every game. So, you know, he certainly no did very much wrong. And the fact we're going to have a good amount of players back come the weekend, it's great for the manager and it's great options wise while he looks ahead to the coming games. I just want to bring up a wee comment here, and I'm, I'm not bringing this up for any self gratification or anything. Um, but Ian Docherty, Martin, you were spot on about Lowry, great wee player. I know, I know. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We've got a wee comment here. Um, you guys have seen the quality, and this is obviously a Man U fan. You guys have seen the quality youngster, and Ahmad, he is someone I hope does well as a United fan. He is an unbelievable player for that age. So, I mean, well, if that's coming for a Man United fan, I know they haven't seen him much, but I do know from talking, from care talking to Sam earlier, that they have big, big, big plans for him. Well, I mean, I would imagine he'll have played. Somewhere whether he's played in the under nineteens or in the twenty threes, so um, you know he'll obviously have a reputation of some sort because he will. He, I would. I'd like to think he's been playing football somewhere before before we're bringing him up on loan. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean all the all the noises are he's, he's a decent player. Again, the, the transfer fee. I mean they, they don't they don't often get the big ones wrong. Mm. Again, nobody mentioned Harry Maguire. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I mean. Can't, can't comment on the guy, I've never, I don't know the first thing about him, I've never seen him play. I didn't watch the obligatory YouTube because, let's be honest, YouTube can make you look like a player, I would imagine. No, you know, YouTube even with, even YouTube's with that, not that here. powerful, honestly, yeah. it's not um, that powerful. So yeah, I mean, ho- hopefully he's everything he's, he's everything that he's supposed to be and he, he comes up here and he absolutely rips, rips teams apart. Well, Club at 22 have made a good point. William, um, he is match fit, so I would not be surprised if he starts on Saturday in order to try and get him up to speed for the old firm. Would it be a surprise for you if you played the old firm? I mean, it's a big ask, isn't it? I mean, like the reality is, it's you know, if that was his first game for Rangers, you know, like um, say for instance, he didn't actually start the game, and you know, the manager didn't bring him on. If you then put him in against Celtic on the Wednesday night, but then again, by doing that, you know, how much will Celtic know about the kid? You know, how much will the defenders know about playing against them? I mean, I'm just a supporter. I'm not the manager. The manager will know a hell of a lot more than I will. I do expect him to play some minutes against Ross County, whether that's from the start or it's off the bench. And it'll depend on what happens on Saturday as to how the manager might set the team up on Wednesday night. As I said earlier, I don't think Gio will change much. I think we'll play a very similar type of football. We'll look to be strong defensively. I think we'll look to counter-attack, and that's how we'll play at Celtic Park. But obviously at Ross County, we probably need to be the you know, like the more aggressive team. We need to be yeah. the front foot. We need to attack them. And the one thing Ross County have done recently is score goals. So it'll be an interesting game you know, in terms of how do they come and play at us. Because obviously at Ibrox earlier on this season, they actually came and had a bit of a go, mm-hmm. which made it quite an open game. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they play the same way at home on Saturday. Can I just quickly address Chris Stewart, get a Man United podcaster on for some chat. Unfortunately, Chris, I tried my best. There was none available for this time at night. Um, 
but we did manage to get one earlier and if you're a member on Patreon or a member on YouTube then you can watch or listen to that interview with Sam from um, uh, oh, oh, it's totally went out of my head United United players <laughs> so I can't, it's went out of my head um, I'll, t- I'll take that same point to you Wolf. Um I, I kind of agree with William. I think it depends on whether he gets any minutes or not against Ross County. But I would not be surprised with that performance against Livingston, because let's not forget, it wasn't the best performance. I understand we'll have a Rebo back and Kent and, and stuff like that. But would you be surprised to see him start the old form? Um, as you boys have said, I'd be surprised to see him start at the Chamber of Secrets if he doesn't feature on Saturday. Hmm. I'm not... Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him start on Saturday because there'll be a lot of changes to the team from, from last night. I mean, we te- I mean you got to remember as well, we had ten, 10 arguably first-team regulars missing last night for a variety of different reasons mm-hmm. with Alfie being away and, you know, Ryan Kemp being suspended with injuries and all sorts of stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him start in Dingwall, but if he doesn't feature at all, I can't see any way, any way he starts on, on Wednesday night because that would be that would be a serious gamble. You know, I'm not saying it's a gamble that wouldn't pay off, but that would be a serious, serious and I don't think that's really in Van Bronckhorst's makeup. He's, I think he's he's more likely to go across the city looking to keep the zero. Um, <sighs> I've been dying to get that one in for you, um, you know. And then obviously try and hit them on the counter attack because we are we're you know we're, we're looking at we do we do like to do that sometimes, so. If he, if he features on Saturday, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts on Wednesday. If he doesn't feature on Saturday, he might be on the bench on Wednesday, but I think that's as much as we'll see him. And Curry Munchers just jumped in. Sorry, guys, just in what's been said so far about Diallo. Well, Curry, that's a Diallo chat finish, mate, so you're going to have to go back <laughs> and watch to find out what's been said about Diallo. And see when you go back and watch, put a wee comment in. There you go. That would be... That would be much appreciated. Right, we've also been linked to William with another guy I've never heard of. I'm not going to lie, my football knowledge is shocking for somebody who runs a podcast. Um, James McAtee for Manchester City. Now, I'm hearing different reports that, I mean, you've gone off the dark, there you go. I'm hearing different reports that he's a central midfielder, he's an attacking midfielder, he's a striker. Um, I don't know the first thing about him. Yeah, well, I think he's just one of a number of really exciting Manchester City players that's coming through their academy. Obviously, they've got guys like Cole Palmer, who looks an exceptional talent, um, sort of Liam Delaps, another one that looks a proper player. It will be interesting. I know, like, I mean, like, I know as a supporter, a lot of people don't like too many loans coming in because they don't like the fact that guys aren't actually our players and we're developing them for other teams. So it's that kind of middle ground. I've only really seen the guy play once. Um, and he looked a decent player. But yeah, again, I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon and say he's going to come in and be better than Glenn Kamara or Joe Aribo or Scott Arfield or Stephen Davis. And that's the thing. Like Once everybody's fit, you know, when you bring in this type of player, is he going to start? And then so who misses out? Mm-hmm. And then also there's a lot of people at the moment want, obviously, Alex Lowry to start every game at the moment. But when you sign somebody like this lad, I would imagine if you're bringing him in from Man City, there's probably some type of agreement that this guy probably plays more than he doesn't, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, so who misses out for this guy to play? And this is always the fine balancing act when you bring loan players in from clubs like Manchester United, from Manchester City, because a lot of the times we, you know, with these type of deals, what usually happens is that if the player plays, you'll pay a certain amount of wages. But when the player doesn't play, 
you pay a bit more. So it's obviously kind of, you know, pushing me towards playing the player every week, basically. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. And, and that is the thing, Well, I understand that Bakuna's left today, but when we get Jack back, we've got Arfield, we've got Kamara, we've got Davis when he comes back, we've got Lundstrom, we've got Lowry coming in. If we're bringing in this boy from Man City, that's another, from what I'm hearing anyway, that's another midfielder. Is that really where we need to be bringing somebody in? It depends what sort of midfielder he is. And like you, I don't know the first thing about him. But we need we need more more drive from the midfield. We need more attacking midfielders. I mean, last night we were crying out until Arfield, until Arfield came on, sorry. We were crying out for somebody from the midfield that can actually drive forward. You know, we need somebody that can do that. And if this, if this uh, McAtee guy can do that, then fantastic. On the plus side, because they've changed the rules mid-season, which is a bit bizarre, and we've now got, we've now got access to five subs in a game, you know, we can we can utilise a, a lot more a lot more bodies. I mean the start the start in the eleven is quite good. In fact the start in the eleven is very good. But the strength on the, the strength on the bench is a bit in question sometimes depending on who's all available. So if we can if we can bring him in, he would certainly get he would certainly get game time. And it would be good to have a strong option on the bench to switch him over, whether you start him and take him off or you know, you bring him on for somebody. Because, you know, I mean guys like after's not getting any younger. So you need you really need to start managing these guys' minutes. So if he's an attacking midfielder, what we were told Lundstrom was a sort of box to box, then I would certainly be delighted if we could bring the lad in. I, I listen. I don't want to talk about somebody that I really don't know much about because people can see when you're talking absolute dog meat. So I shall move on. William O one. I don't care if we get ten loans in and win the league. We need the this cash in the Champions League spot. Right, shall we talk a little about our big players and the possibility of them leaving? I love a good rumour, I love because nine times out of ten it's absolute nonsense, um, but let, let's bring in Faldsy, we're good friend Faldsy. I'm hearing I love it when people start a sentence with I'm hearing, Villa are ready to put in a late stage bid for Kamara the likes of 20 million down there is petty cash William Will we lose any of our, let's call them starters, or main players before the end of the window? Um, yeah, if somebody puts enough money on the table, I'm sure it could happen. I mean, that's just the simple reality, isn't it? When when English clubs come in for players and it's of a high enough amount, then I mean, Ross Walsh has got to look at it, the board's got to look at it. You know, at some point these guys will leave. Clearly we don't want to lose them, but if somebody comes in and offers enough money, then clearly, you know, any deal could happen for any player between now and Monday. It's just that simple. Clearly, we don't want to lose anybody, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but we're also realistic to know that if somebody does go, you would like to think that Ross Wilson is straight in to try and sign somebody else. So it might be one of those deals where, say, somebody bids $20 million for Kamara, you know, whatever the fee could be. But Rangers will say to the club selling, okay, you do your bit by agreeing terms with the player, the agent's fees, blah, blah, blah. But in the background, Rangers will say to them, well, this deal's not going to go over the line until we get some dent to replace them. But yet again, the problem with that is how do you get some dent to replace Glenn Kamara? How do you get some dent to replace Joe Aribo? How do you get some dent to replace Alfredo Morelos? Are these guys, you know, replaceable with three, four days left in the transfer window, it would it would be extremely, extremely difficult, clearly. 
I know, and look, fold you again. I, I wrote, I'm hearing to make myself sound important. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. I like to start a good transfer rumour. Um, look, well, obviously, there's going to be one or two of our players. More so, I'd, I'd, I'd go out on a limb and say Kamara and Aribo if there was going to be any two players linked to Villa simply because Steven Gerrard. Yeah, and I don't, I, I still don't, I don't think any of, I don't think. Uh, Kamara's the sort of the sort of player that Villa need. I mean, I don't really watch that much Aston Villa, but from what from what people are saying and from what from what I've heard through this window, I don't think Kamara's the sort of player that they'd be looking for. I also think there's a problem with the amount of money the Villa's allowed to spend, because if they've not got a, a cap to what they can spend, then they've spent quite a lot of it in the summer. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that was a I'm sure that was a thing when when Gerard moved on. They said that he couldn't he wouldn't be in a position to come throwing cash at us in in, in this window because of the cash they spent in the summer. Um, so I don't know if they'd be in a position to, you know, th- throw twenty million away for like like say Glenn Kamara. I mean, I'm hoping none of the big players. I hope none of our players ever leave. The guys that, fe- <laughs> that feature regularly, you know. Um, Brandon Park will be loving you, man. Well, but it, it hasn't worked. He needs to move for the sake of his own career. I mean, there yeah. is guys that have to move. You know, I mean, there, there is guys that have to move on. And if, when we've got lucky this window because the one guy that's moved on for big money hasn't really upset what starts in the first team because uh, Nathan Patterson, good as he is, he's only, what, he's started four games this season, so you're not really, yeah. really going to miss that unless Tav, unless Tav gets injured. Then we've got a problem. But that's something they've obviously looked at, you know. Mm-hmm. And there is, there is boys in the B team that, that could come in and fill the gap for a, for a short I'm term. I'm pretty sure we'll come you're, to that. I'm you're coming sure to that, I know that, I know William's that. William's raring to go. <laughs> so, but um, that... I don't want to see, I don't want to see any any of our big players going, but if there is a late, a late bid, I'm I'm fairly sure that Ross Wilson has got stuff lined up in the background as William says, you know, re- ready to go. He's got guys sitting sitting waiting, saying like, because we, we we might it might come to Monday, where somebody comes in that we've got a, a great chance of signing because they're not they're not involved in like the Premiership squad or whatever. We get offered them, and it's a guy that that will come for a decent deal because he wants to play because the World Cup's on the horizon or yeah, something yeah. like that. So. We don't know. We might we might end up saying, "Well, tell you what, look, we'll accept that offer for let's just say Glenn Kamara, just for the sake of saying a name, right? Because we've got this absolutely fantastic deal for somebody else mm-hmm. to to bring them in. You just don't know, you know. I mean, Monday night will Monday night will be interesting, very very interesting. I I think our scouts are missing a trick if they're not scouting in Japan because clearly there's loads and loads of world class players in Japan. Um, here's how. I love a good comparison, William Wright, but I don't normally like doing it on the pod. I like doing it off the pod because I'm usually wrong, right? But CGM makes a wee point here, right? In this window, I would imagine he's talking about Kamara is more replaceable than Aribo. Would you go along with that? I think you would have to agree, yeah, because obviously we've obviously added James Sands, who obviously kind of plays in roughly the same area of the pitch in terms of what he's going to do. Well, he's got the same like, attributes as Glenn. We've probably still not seen enough of James to, to say that. But I think it would certainly be a bigger blow to lose Joe Aribo. I don't think anybody would argue that. Because Joe this season, for me, has probably been our best player. Um, some of the stuff that Joe can do is just ridiculous, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I mean, that goal at Tynecastle, the touch out of there and the finish, that was sublime. You know, it's just, I mean, it's one of the best goals you'll see. It was a bit like the one for Defoe that he scored the eye. I think yeah. it was against, was it Lovey, was it he scored the Lovey's goal against? Or the yeah. top? 
I mean, like, Aribo's touch and finish against Hearts was sublime. Some of the stuff that Aribo does is just incredible. And I think, like, losing him would be extremely difficult to replace. Because at the end of the day, it's never easy to get a like-for-like replacement. You know, when players leave, I mean, we've lost Loudrop. How do you replace Loudrop? Kind of thing. How do you replace Gascoigne? How do you replace McCoy's? It's never easy to replace. All right, all right, all right, man. I just think, like for me, I'm like Wolf. I don't want to lose any players right now. I think it's important that we keep our strongest squad together for the remaining part of this season. And come the summer, I think we're all honest about it. That you know, come the summer, we are expecting quite a few players to leave because mm-hmm. you know they're going to have 12 months on their contract, and it, it's probably the time for Rangers to cash in. And as I say to a lot of people privately. Scottish football kind of hits the wall at a point because even you're playing the same team four, five, six times a season, I think for certain players they get to a point and they're like, yeah, I don't really fancy a fifth fifth trip to Dingwall this season yeah. or, a, or a fifth trip to Aberdeen. And, and it's no offence to anybody. It's just like, like down in England, they play each other at home, you know, once and that's it. Like one home game, one away game, apart from the cup competitions. And a lot of the big clubs in England don't even use the cup competitions to play their best players. So... That's where they get a buzz out of it. But it's not be funny when you've already made a couple of trips to Dingwall in the league and then you maybe draw them again in the cup and then you draw them again in the next cup. And it can just become a bit boring for players. And I totally accept that's why some players will move on and want to play at a higher standard and potentially just want to be somewhere different. Folgy, I can't read that comment out, buddy. <laughs> and I've got a funny feeling that's what Wolf is laughing at. Oh, but yes, it is. I, I cannot read that comment out. <laughs> It'll be demonetisation right away. Uh, listen, Wolf, I, I agree with everything William said there. I, I think if, we, if, we, if we're on the final day when we don't have a chance to replace, if, for example, you know, we lost Kamara, Goldson, you know, Morelos, for example, I don't think any of them would hurt as much as losing a repo. No, I don't think they would either. But what what people seem to be overlooking is is that we can get we can get any kind of bid in for any player at yeah, the last yeah. minute of the window. We don't need to accept it, you know. But no, we don't. But I think if it's a certain amount, you have you kind of yeah, cer- to accept it. Yeah, a cer- certain amount it would be daft not to accept it. But I think a rebo at the moment would be virtually irreplaceable. Certainly at the last minute. Certainly at the last minute. I mean, Morelos. Terrific player. We would we would miss his goals, of course. But you know you could bring some you could bring somebody in that will score you goals. I mean, I'd like to think with the the added width we've got with today's signing, and hopefully we're right. We you know we're Ryan we're Ryan Kent coming back from from the suspension, and hopefully he stays fit. Hopefully that means that we'll be stretching teams a lot more, so there'll be a lot more goals in the midfield as well. You know, yeah, and also exactly. if, if big hitting, massive, we need that. You know, and if 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 big hitting gets you know, gets chances off the bench or whatever, then there'll be a few crosses crosses in his direction as well, which hopefully you know what I mean there's, there's being able to being able to use the through the whole width of the pitch should should make loads and loads of space for players to score from all over the park, which is what we need. Yeah, we need we need goals. We need more goals from all uh, all over the team. Um we, we rely so much on James Tavany, that's untrue. And yet he still gets no end of stick. But I'm not going to get into that conversation. Right, William. You've been obviously covering the B team for uh, RFC Youth Updates on Twitter for a number of years now. So you will have seen young Alex Lowry since he was a bairn. Um, 
did his performance last night and against Stoughton Albion surprise you? Not particularly. Um, Alex has got a certain arrogance about him when he plays football. Um, at some point, you'll probably get to see Alex take a penalty and probably start thinking about taking heart failure the way that he runs up to take a penalty because it's so nonchalant, it's untrue. Um, but for some reason, the ball always seems to end up in the back of the net. Um, but he's, you know, he's a proper talent. He's he's always one of those kids, a bit like Josh and Kai and a few others that. He's just always kind of stood out in terms of his qualities, his technical ability. At times, he maybe overdoes some of the things that he does, but yeah, again, he's still a young lad. But technically, Alex is a very good player. He certainly isn't afraid to do things on a football pitch that maybe some people wouldn't. He maybe tries to do tricks in some parts of the pitch that the manager probably doesn't want him to do. But that's just Alex. That's just the kind of player he is. It's been a real pleasure watching him you know, the last kind of two or three years in particular, because, like, the progression is clear to see. And for him to now be part of the Rangers first team is, you know, it's special, let's be honest about it. We've been kind of banging on the door now for a while that we want to see more academy players making that step up. Obviously, Nathan did that under Steven Gerrard. Leon, obviously, was given an opportunity under Steven Gerrard, and it's continued under Gio now that he's signed his first team contract, which is amazing for Leon, it really is. You know, for a kid that's only basically just turned 18, like this month, I think it was, you know, he's he's going to be a really good player for Rangers as well. Just, it's it's never easy throwing in a young defender into a team, but he's got great people around him there, like Goldson and Hellander and Balligan, who've got huge amounts of experience that I'm sure will help him, you know, develop as a player. But just getting back to Alex, yeah, look, I don't know what you can teach Alex in terms of how he plays the game, because he's just got a kind of natural ability to do things that he does. A bit like Aribo, you know, it's he's just the sort of player that's going to excite supporters. And Alex is the sort of kid, see if you were to throw him in against Celtic, he really wouldn't bother about it, you know, because he's got that confidence that he could go there, and he would believe in his mind that he can go there and perform, because that's just the kind of kid he is. And it's, it's amazing when you see the young guys make that step up into the first team, it's special. I know it's, you know, I'm not his dad, obviously, by any stretch of the imagination, but it must be a special feeling for his family. You know, all those years at the academy, all the amount of trips that his dad's had to drive him up to his training ground, drive him to all these different places. And then all of a sudden, your son starts a first team game for Rangers and an important game, let's be honest about it. Mm. It was an important game last night. Alex starts, the manager showed huge faith in him and... I think it's great. Like some of the comments, the last whatever that's been, 16, 17, 18 hours, it's great. It's great to see people excited about, you know, an academy player that's moving into the first team. Because I think at the end of the day, that's what we all want. We all want to see more young, talented footballers who've come through the academy make it into our first team. Because at the end of the day, it saves us a lot of money on transfer fees. And at the end of the day, with somebody like Alex, if he's given a new contract, he's still going to be one of the lower earners within the first team group. But the better he does and the more performances he puts in like that, it means that potentially in 12 months' time he's going to get another contract, a bit like what's happened to many other players over the last few years. I know, and, and look, CGM, I love Alex Lowry already. Lowry is a baller, simple as that. Well, that's pretty much what all the comments say. He's certainly made 
an impression on the Rangers supporters already. Yeah, he certainly has. I mean, I've I've seen him a few times. Obviously, not as much as William over the years. Um, he's definitely got the ability. My my concern, as I said um, the other week on the pod, is that he was he's not he was not strong enough playing against you know seasoned pros like what Livingston have got, and he got knocked off the ball a few times last night. But that's understandable for a a young lad, the eighteen year old. But it didn't bother him. He just he just got up and went again, and went again, and he beat them. I mean, as I was, as I was saying before we before we we went live. The only kind of bit of it, bit bit of excitement really towards the towards the end of the first half was when he was when he did his dancing feet just inside the box. Yeah, you know, and I mean he was, he was faced with three or four giant defenders and he just went, I'm just going to go past them, and he just went past them. You know, I think he's he's an absolutely phenomenal talent, and as a few comment as a few people are saying in the comments, he he, he can be whatever he wants to be. Mm. You know, he can he can the absolute sky's the absolute limit for him, the absolute limit for him. And hopefully that's with Rangers for as long as possible. Let's let's be realistic. He's not going to stay with us the rest of his career. It would be very nice if he did. Very very nice if he did. But I doubt I doubt that will happen. But we just need to enjoy him while we've got him. But we also have to manage his minutes at the moment because we don't want to. You don't you don't want to burn him out. You don't want to you don't want to risk overplaying him because mm-hmm. that that happens quite a lot with young players as well. Do you know in a funny way, see the old forum game. It might actually be easier for him than playing against a Livingston or Ross County, where there is probably more, I don't like the term, but hammer throws for a lack of a better term. Um, big point would be Graham, William. Lowry has shown other lads that you can make it to the oh. first team. Yeah, look, and this has been one of the biggest things for me. I mean, at times I was quite critical of Stephen Gerrard in terms of one of the first things that he spoke about was, you know, like progressing players into the first team. In reality, only Nathan Patterson was the one, I mean, like, Ross McCrory had already been given a slight opportunity, clearly, before he come in, and then that obviously showered quite quickly, and etc., you know, he ended up moving to Aberdeen. Stephen obviously went with kind of tried and trusted guys, and that was how he managed, which is fair enough, you know, I've, I have no issue with that, but I think when you make a statement that you're looking to progress young players into the first team, it's important that you do it. Gio's probably already done more already than what Stephen Gerrard did by putting faith in Alex Lowry to start that game. Mm-hmm. And I think that does say a lot. I think Gio, because of, you know, where he's coached in Holland, they're more willing to progress young players into the first team. Dave Voss obviously comes from an academy background. Um, so that obviously helps. You've got Zeb Jacobs that's now come into the academy. I saw him recently at one of the games and um, I watched his interview on Rangers TV and he speaks really well. Seems like an interesting character. I think he's only like 26. So for him to kind of be like a kind of head of development at 26 is, you know, it's not normal really. You tend to find guys play football at a level and then they come into that kind of role. But with him, he's obviously been very young when he's took over his role in, in Belgium and now he's came to Rangers. But clearly, another one a bit like is Cameron Campbell, who was highly fought off by Michael Beale and Ross Wilson, etc., and that's why he's now in the position that he's in. What's exciting for me personally is that you know, Alex comes in last night and doesn't look out of place. To me, that's the most important thing out of anything. Because I think as one of the guys commented previously, it, it's no easy to throw somebody in at Ibrooks apart, kid, when there's 50,000, 60,000 people. Because let's be honest about it, a bad passing, you can hear the moaning in the background. You know, <laughs> it doesn't take much for for things to start kind of growing within the game. And it must be tough for some young players when things aren't exactly going for you. 
And I think that's the one thing with Alex. He's never going to lack confidence, Alex. But at times, I think supporters will need to kind of stand by him when he maybe tries to do something that maybe he shouldn't do by trying to maybe not make somebody in the middle of the pitch. You might lose the ball and somebody goes up the park and scores. But Alex will try that again 10 minutes later. Mm-hmm. And he'll try it again in the next game and the game after that because that's the kind of lad he is. He's, you know, he's not scared to show his, his ability. And as as are some of the comments, I mean, also reading some of the comments as I'm kind of talking away here, and it is, it's great to see people passionate about you know, like young players making it at the first team because I've felt that way for a few years. And as I continue to say, there is talent coming through. It's just up to the manager to give them that opportunity to shine in the first team. And Alex has took his. He has. But, well, Falsy makes a great point. Look, <laughs> the boy Lowry is a good prospect. Um, but let's not pile pressure on him. That's massive. We really can't do that, even though I just compared him to Messi. But it was a joke. Um, not sure I'd play him at Celtic Park just yet. I think the game is going to be fireworks. Is that probably one of the biggest challenges that Gio's got in terms of when you bring through somebody from the youth team, even if they start off like a train, you still have to manage them properly? Yeah, but that's true. That's true for any anybody that comes into the team. You know, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure that ideally he wouldn't have wanted to start James Hans at Pataudry, but he really wouldn't have a lot of choice with the bodies he had available. You know, so... He had to, he had to throw him in, and again he wasn't scared to put Alec, to, to bring Alex on for his debut. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you've, yeah, you've got to manage him. But as you, as you you said yourself minutes ago, um, he would go into he would go into a game at, at Parkhead. It's not what, what it was not that other thing that they said there. It's Parkhead the place is called. It's not that CP thing. It's not just they don't call it that at all. Um, you know, he would go into it with no fear. Mm-hmm. You know and. As William says as well, the, the good thing that he does, if it does, if he tries something that doesn't work, he tries it again and he tries it again and it'll come off, and he knows he'll he'll be allowed to do that because Ryan Kent does that all the time. You know, Ryan Kent tries to beat a man, doesn't happen, keeps going, and you know doesn't he gets praised for doing it, doesn't get stick. So that will probably give Alex a bit of encouragement as well because he knows that he's just doing exactly the same as he is. You know, but I, I think yeah, you've got to manage his minutes, but I don't expect him to play across in the East End because. Of the bodies that we've got back, we've got to go with experienced heads. Wouldn't surprise me if he's on the bench, and if we need to bring him on, we we'll bring him on. But I don't, I don't expect him to start. But again, that depends on the bodies we've got available come Wednesday tea time. I know. I, I just think in terms of the overall play. Listen, I know that a, a lot of old forum games can be a hundred mile an hour, and there's challenges galore. But see, nine times out of ten, the old forum. See, after that initial twenty minutes, the game settles down, and you've got so much space. And I just think space is something that he would love and uh, excelling, and, and I really think, I really think William that it would help him. Yeah, well, I think as I said before, I mean, like, if Alex was to start against Celtic, he certainly wouldn't be concerned about it. If anything, that would be a buzz for Alex, and he would want to show the fifty-eight thousand Celtic fans that's inside that stadium who the best player on the pitch is, because he would believe that he's the best player on the pitch, because that's the kind of kid he is. Which is, and which, is which is phenomenal, William. It's brilliant. Yeah, but I mean, that's but. That's the thing. Like, there's some players that might struggle in that environment, but Alex isn't one of them, in my honest opinion. I genuinely think that would be the sort of game he would love to play in. Well, the manager picks him is clearly a completely different point of view. You know, I mean, I'm not the manager here. I'm just speaking for my experience of watching Alex. But if the manager starts him on Saturday against Ross County and Alex is a good game, it then becomes a massive call to drop him. You know what I mean? It's... And this is the problem that you have as a manager, because sometimes when you put a young player into the team and he does that well, 
it's then hard to drop. I mean, obviously Nathan Patterson's had to play against Celtic, and he mm-hmm. did a really good job, you know. And in Europe. Aye, mate, of course, absolutely. And this is what people have to remember. If Van Bronckhurst thinks our best chance of winning that game is starting Alex Lowry, then he'll, then he'll play the kid. You know, because let's be honest about it, it would have been easy not to play Alex last night. It would have been mm-hmm. easy to maybe tweak the shape a wee bit and not necessarily start Alex in that game. But he did so well in the cup game that he started him. And he did well, Alex, last night. And as Wolf pointed out, that wee run in the first half was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. And if if any defender puts his leg in there, it's a penalty. Mm-hmm. And that's why the defenders were petrified to get too close to him. And the thing with Alex is that when he gets the ball, his focus is always to go forward. He always wants to be the aggressor. He wants to get in the front foot and have a go. And you can't really like sort of take that away from his game. So it's important when you play him that you allow him to play his game. He doesn't really want to be dropping too deep for the ball. He wants to be in the top part of the pitch where he can make that killer pass, where he can be the creative spark, where he's able to score goals as we've already seen in the cup game. So yeah, look, I'm looking forward to Saturday first and foremost. I want to see if he starts again, especially with potentially Arfield and Jack and Aribo and Kent been available. That'll be a big decision for the manager, but I really wouldn't be surprised if Alex does keep his place in the team. On the flip side of the coin, Wolf, um, Michael's put a good comment in that I will get your opinion on. And William, you can jump in on this as well because yeah. I know you'll have something to say about it. Um, what about Kelly? Six months ago, we were pretty upbeat about him. Um, obviously, look, Stephen Kelly didn't really get a chance in the first team. He's now down at Salford. I don't know how he's doing, but Michael's question, what about him? I think he's he's one of these one of these players that's got age has got the better of him. He hasn't broken the first team by the time he's nineteen twenty. Um because of the, the talent that we've got in there, there's no doubt in Stephen Kelly's talent, but he's just he's not made it into the first team. And once you get once you get to twenty you can't play in the B team anymore. And there isn't a reserve league. I go on about this all the time. There's not a reserve league, there's not a twenty threes league. So he's got to go somewhere to play football, you know. I mean, I mean, fair play to the kid. He obviously wants to, he obviously wants to be playing games of football because he could, he could probably just, you know, stay at Rangers and train and try and get, try and get involved and maybe feature on the bench occasionally here and there, you know. But that's that's the problem. There's going to be a lot of players like that. I mean, there's, we're quite we're quite fortunate. I think that a lot of guys in the B team are sort of 17, 18, 19 year olds. So we've got two or three years out of them before we have to make the decision what what we actually have to do. Because when they get to 20, there's nowhere else to go other than the first team or out on loan. And that's a problem with the way Scottish football's built at the moment. Yeah, there's no point in trying to ask for reform or stuff to get looked at, because that's never going to happen. Um, it's, it just never really seemed to work for, for Stephen Kelly, William. Is that fair? I mean, I thought he did well in the pre-season games. I mean, I think that was one thing for me. But obviously the manager then went out and signed Bakuna. Obviously, Lundstrom had been signed by that point as well, so he dropped even further down the pecking order by that point. And I think, obviously, like the one thing that's been clear is that when, when Gio came in, sending him out on loan just made the most sense. Stephen, like, regardless of whether it's, it's at Rangers or somewhere else, Stephen will go on to have a good career because he's a good footballer, quite simply. And I've said that for the outset with Stephen. Stephen's probably still one of the most gifted players I've seen come through the academy. You know, and he's maybe just been unlucky at a time where we were desperate, you know, to win 
you know, that league title that he maybe would have played minutes, maybe under another manager, or if he had already won a league title in Steven Gerrard's first season. You know, there's so many things that happen in a football career that maybe it can just be luck sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, and you end up making an appearance and then like, you do so well that you don't drop out of the team. Steve has maybe been slightly unfortunate that he's maybe just not had that break at the right time. Whereas, like, you know, for Alex, Alex has had this break at the right time. You know, players been away in international duty, players been suspended, players been out injured. He's given Alex that opportunity and he's taken it with both hands. Steve has maybe just not had that wee bit of luck. But I've no doubt, and I'll say it a hundred times again. Stephen will go on to have a really good career because he's a really good footballer. Yeah, yeah. Does that Route 66 thing look like a crown in my head? Yeah. Does it? Right, I'll need to maybe do something about that. Thanks very much, Mary, for letting me know. Um, I've got a big favour to ask everybody watching. Right, last night, in fact, there's been a couple of times now in the comments, people have said that uh, Jamie Duff's a far better host than me and he should be <laughs> hosting all the time. Right now, he asked everybody, and I've been serious. Go back and check the comments, people are saying it. Um, so people in the comments just now, um, either Martin or Jamie, for who's your favorite host, please and please, please pick me. Um, and also, he asked people to like the pod last night, and I think it's on like 239. So if you could all like it and get it higher and, and, and beat the total for last night, uh, it would just prove that I am, in fact, the better host. Um, well, if we'll finish up now, um, it's really, really difficult when you're talking about the B team, um, because A, unless you're William, you don't get to see enough of them. Um, but also, I think it's been proven um, that it's really, really difficult to make that jump from the B team into the first team, simply because, like you mentioned, there's no middle ground there at all. Yeah, I mean, as I think I mentioned it last week, um, you know, people people always flag up Ajax because I, Ajax are kind of the standard bearers for bringing folk through from your academy of, of the, the, the B team. But I mean, Ajax's B team played the second tier in Holland. Our B team played the fifth tier in Scotland. You know, with, with, the, with the greatest respect to the guys that they play against, you know, these, these guys are they're plumbers and painters and postmen and brickies and carers and all sorts of stuff. You know, they're... They're not full-time professional footballers, whereas you bring them into even even the Scottish Premiership. It's all full-time professional footballers. They're all well well trained, well coached. It's a big big step up between the academy and the first team, which is which is why, irrespective of how good players like Alex Lowry are when they come in, you can't you can't just say right, okay, you know that's him in the team and he's he's staying in the team. and never taking him out of it. You have to really manage what they do. You know, because there is a, there's a huge, huge gulf. William will know that better than I do. There's a huge, huge gulf in the, in the opposition that they're playing. You know, I mean, there's guys, there's guys in the B team who've got who've got oodles and oodles and oodles of talent, but they're they're nowhere near ready for the step up yet because of the, the physicality aspect of it. You know, because because in the B team in the lower league they're play, they are they are playing against grown men. A lot of them have been kind of round round the block on a football pitch, but there's a huge difference between guys that are that are physically fit and well-trained and everything else that you get in the Premiership. So it is a massive, massive gulf. Right. Now, I've been I've been called many things in my time, right? <laughs> many, many things. Um, the only thing is Martin's fringe makes him look like Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber. That's harsh, man. 
Although I, yeah, I would take that. I mean, like Jim Carrey's a good guy, mate. I would take that as a compliment. Uh, you know, I wouldn't mind his money. Um, ah, you know, but well, we'll finish up, right? But just on Will's comments there, um, because obviously you, me, and you've spoke quite a lot about the gulf between the B team, and the first team. You know that now, obviously, the B team are playing in the the Lowland League, so it's a bit better exposure for them. It kind of first team players and stuff like that. But would you go along with what Will said? Yeah, hundred percent. And like the biggest problem now that you know, like COVID's hit and some teams have kind of cut their reserve team. One of the biggest problems in Scotland is once you're above like basically under eighteen level, there's nowhere to go for a lot of players. Mm-hmm. Because at the moment, I don't know if there's going to be a reserve like sort of league next year. So like, what do clubs do? I mean, like Rangers is already criticised for going down the Lowland League route, but what would we have done with all those players? You know, all these guys were all under contract. Do you just then loan out, like, 20 players? Hmm. I, I mean, like, this is the difficulty that Rangers have got. But that's what they do down south, though, isn't it? That's like Chelsea loan out, like, 50 players a season. Yeah, look, I mean, like, but the problem is, up here, like, you can't have, like, 20 players out playing mm-hmm. because you can't go and watch all 20 of them, and that's one of the difficulties. So I think, like, also having the B team allows us to have them in-house and we can watch them all the time. Um, and it makes it easier because we're in control of that. But as it's Scotland has got a lot that could be done, you know, basically, if things are as they are next year and Rangers aren't in the Lowland League and there's not a reserve league, what happens to all the guys that played in the B team this year? Yeah. You know, because if they're not good enough to play in the first team, but a good amount of them are under contract, where do you send them all out and loan to? Because some people would argue that sending them out to League Two is not really a good enough level. Some people would argue that we should send them out down to England. There's been an argument recently because of the additions of like Zeb Jacobs and Dave Voss and Van Bronckhurst, etc., that we should maybe look to try and put some of these guys out abroad. So it's one of those endless arguments. And I also did a pod recently um, with the guys to heart and hand in terms of talking about like the loan system. And like some of the feedback for that was really, really good. A lot of guys have very, very different opinions. And I do think in Scotland we could do a lot more to help our young players, but that's for another podcast that will take another hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look, I think like, the one thing that stands out to me is it is a big jump to go from Lowland League to Premier League, whatever anybody says, that's just the simple reality of it. I know Graham Ross has made a great point, but I'm not I'm not going to bring it to you. But if we had better partner clubs, we could use them for loan spells. Absolutely, that's, that's probably well, look, true. Speaking really quickly, I think like this kind of pod has to be done at some point where you know like people in the comments bring up these points and we try and get through them and maybe the club could answer some of the questions and we could maybe try and put their questions to somebody. You know, whether that's feasible or not, we could obviously ask the question. But I mean like as things stand right now, I don't know if the Rangers B team are going to be playing next season. I don't know if there's going to be a Rangers B team next year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's going to be a reserve league next year. I don't know what's happening to some of the guys who are out of contract at the end of this season. And, yeah, again, you would have to ask the question, why would you sign a new contract, potentially, if you don't Mm. know what league you're going to be in next year? So these are all the questions that remain unanswered because of the problems that we have in Scotland with youth development. And until that changes, I don't really know where we go, to be honest with you. And we could spend about another hour and a half talking about it. But unfortunately, people have watched this for an hour and 10 minutes and they've had to look at this for an hour and 10 minutes. Um, Look, everybody watching, um, it is an absolute pleasure. I love doing this. 
Um, and I will tell you all, and Wally and Wolf will back me up before we came on. I was hanging because I'm knackered. <laughs> um, but I absolutely love doing this. More and more people every week are tuning in. It's just phenomenal. Honestly, the feedback is amazing. Um, apart from those that say Jamie Duff's a better host. Nah. That, that that riled me a wee bit, you know, because I'm much better than Jamie. Please, everybody, do like and subscribe. Um, liking it, liking the video makes such a huge difference. Um, we've jumped up like 400 subscribers this month alone, so it's been phenomenal. Thank you to everybody who's joined us on Patreon to help support us. Um, I, I've not made it any secret that um, the plan is to take this full time. Um, try and become media partners with the club and stuff like that. The plan is to make this as professional as it possibly can be. Um, head over to our website. We've got loads and loads of articles and podcasts on there as well. Um, RangersRabble.co.uk. The shameless plug's already been done, CGM. Right? The shameless plug has been done. There's no need for the shameless <laughs> plug. The link's in the description for the shameless plug for Patreon, by the way. Um, so look, William Wolf, thank you very, very much for giving up your Thursday night and coming and no chatting problem. with me. I really appreciate it. Pleasure. Thank you to everybody watching. Um, there will be a preview pod out tomorrow at round about, I'm going to say, 7, 7 o'clock. Um, by the time I get home from work and get it edited and stuff. Um, so all I can say is thank you very, very much for watching. And I'll speak to you all again very, very soon. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.